Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. I wanted to, this morning when I was looking over my notes, um, I felt this impression from the Lord, and I don't get a lot of impressions from the Lord, but this one was, I felt the heart of Jesus say, shepherd my sheep, take care of my flock, and, and I felt it wasn't just for me, it, it was for all of us, that, and not just uh, the people who are disciples of Jesus, but everybody that belongs to God, all of his creation. I felt like he just wanted us to love on people, to be an expression, be an expression of the love of God to all of his creatures. Uh, and especially during the, these times, everybody needs that, need to be loved on by God. And <clears throat> through the years, my wife and I have been associated with a group called Youth with a Mission, YWAM, done different things with them, and then about a couple years ago, 2019, we had a chance to go to New Zealand, and we went through a three-month, what was called a discipleship Bible school, and it was a three-month course where we went through the whole Bible, starting at the beginning, going all the way through. We had different speakers come for a week at a time or two weeks to teach on the particular areas we were reading through, and then every afternoon um, in small groups, we read aloud so that by the end of it, we had read aloud the whole Bible. And so part of our homework was to every night <clears throat> go through what we were reading and pick out biblical principles, pick out the character of God as we saw in the scriptures, and to note God's redemptive plan all the way through from the beginning to the end. And the one thing that I, I became real aware of is that this is one story from the beginning of the Bible where the Garden of Eden starts to the new heaven and the new earth at the end. It's one story. It's God's redemptive story with, with his, his creation, his children. So what I wanted to do this morning, I'm not really a preacher. Um, I got some scriptures I'd like to read through and just take us on a journey through the Bible. And what, what's the big story? What did God start in the beginning? How did it go wrong? Where did we get off track? And where are we now? And where is this whole thing going to end up in the end? And I, I think it's a great story. And uh, we're all a part of that story. We're all here and a part of it. So if you want to follow along, these are all from the New Living Translation. I like that translation for, for reading. It's, it, it flows very well. So Genesis chapter 1, I'm going to read the beginnings here. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and he said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So just note that part about fill the earth and govern it, reign over it, have stewardship over the earth. And then chapter 2, verse 8, then the Lord God planted a garden in the east of Eden where he placed the man that he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life, note that, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing into four branches. Chapter 2, verse 15, Then the Lord placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it, tend it, watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree of the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you will surely die. Now we know how the story goes from here. The devil enticed the serpent. They chose to eat. They make the decision not to obey God, but to decide what they think is going to be best for their lives. And here's the story of all of us also, starting out that same way. And then it says that God was walking in the garden in the cool of the night, and they heard him walking in the garden and said, hey, where are you, Adam, Eve? So note that too. God was there with them, walking in the garden, talking with them, having fellowship with them, communing with them. Then the Lord said, chapter 3, verse 22, Then the Lord said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing good and evil. What if they reach out and take the fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made, after sending him out, the Lord God stationed a mighty cherub, like an angel, to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. And really, the reason God did this is to save them. If they ate of the tree of life, now in their fallen state, they would live forever in that state. And so, really, it was the mercy of God to banish them from the garden keep them from eating the tree of life and living forever. So look at what they'd given up. A garden with every plant and tree for food, a river that watered it all, God walking and talking with them in the garden in the evening, and a tree of life. Human beings made in God's image, living together with him in the garden, stewarding or managing all that was in the earth. This was God's original intention for mankind. And I don't think he's abandoned that project. 
it's gotten off track, horribly off track, but his original intention, I think, is still in place. Psalm 115, 16 says that the heaven is the Lord's, but the earth he has given to man. That, that hasn't changed. The earth he has given to man. So how did it go for man when he left the garden? Uh, when he was banished from the garden, when he was left on his own, how did he do? Not very good. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 says, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry that he had made man and put them on the earth, and it broke his heart. And the, excuse me, and the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know the story of the ark? <clears throat> God saves Noah and his family. And then he tells Noah, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Kind of the same thing he told Adam. Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. And then in verse chapter 12 of Genesis, God chooses Abraham. It's an important juncture in the Bible. He chooses Abraham, and he says, Abraham... Leave your family and your country and go to a place that I'm going to show you. And he said, I will make you into a great nation, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. <clears throat> and Paul brings this up later in, I believe it's Ephesians or Galatians, where he says, it's through his seed that all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Speaking of Jesus, coming through the seed of Abraham from the beginning. So the nation of Israel is born. God will give them his laws for how to live right on this earth and through them to demonstrate to the rest of the world how a nation that follows the commandments of God will be blessed by God. And you know how some of that goes. Sometimes... They followed the ways and the commandments of God, and they were blessed. But more often, they disobeyed, and they suffered the consequences of their rebellion and their sin. It did not always go good for them. But, but in all this, God hasn't abandoned his plan. He promised all the way through the Old Testament, I am going to send a Messiah. I'm going to send a deliverer. I am going to not only forgive you of your sins, but I'm going to place my spirit to live inside of you, and this spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. Um, and we shall call his name Jesus. You know, as, as we were reading this in our small groups, uh, we, we'd been reading all the way through the Old Testament, reading all of these scriptures about the promised Messiah, and seen the failures of Israel, um, but God's continued heart to want to draw them back. And we get to the end of the Old Testament, 
And we start to read in Matthew that here is the promised Messiah. Here he is. This is Jesus. This is the one God foretold from years past. And it was just like a holy moment in that little small group we were in. It was just like, oh, here is Jesus. Here's the one they were prophesying about all those years. Jesus. And, and make no mistake, Jesus was God. Um, he was Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel means God with us. Um, this was God with skin on, living amongst us. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 says, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, he created the universe. This, here's, here's the verse I want you to catch. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. He is the express image of his person. God, Jesus was God with skin on, visiting us. And then in 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Reconciliation means to, to bring back together again. You know, God was in Christ bringing people back into a relationship with their father again. <laughs> And then catch this last part. He says, so we are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. I mean, that's, that is sobering. I've, I've thought about this recently. He connected us up with the Father, and now he's given us the responsibility of making our appeal, making his appeal through us to other people. So we're representing Jesus to this world, and we're saying, be reconciled to God. Come to Jesus. Repent. Turn away from your selfish living. Accept Jesus. Let him be the Lord of your life. <laughs> Amen. All right, so this is the church age. Um, this is where God's people, the disciples of Jesus, our responsibility is to know him, to grow to be like him, and to be a witness to the world. That's, that's our job here on the earth right now. If you're still here and you're not gone, um, that's, what, that's what God is asking of us. Get to know him, grow to be like him, and be a witness to the world. All right, so what? here's one of the points I want to get to. What is our hope after we leave this world? At some point, we're all going to pass from this world if Jesus doesn't come back sooner. Uh, but at my age, probably I will pass from this earth before he comes back. So 
What is our hope? What happens when we die, when we leave this body? Where is this grand plan of God going in the end? Because we know that when we die, that's not the end. That's not the end of it. So I'm reading from 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 to 5. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in, that is, when we die and we leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put our heavenly bodies on like new clothing, for we will put on heavenly bodies. Now get this line. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh. We recently uh, had to dig up our septic lines uh, at our house, do a lot of shoveling. My body was groaning, (laughs) saying, Lord, can't wait for this new body. (laughs) New body. All right. We will not be spirits without bodies. Verse 4. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up in life. God himself has prepared us for this and has given us a guarantee in his Holy Spirit. Right. A guarantee of a new body. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we're not at home with the Lord, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we're fully confident we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we're here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. Okay, now verse 10, again sobering verse. He's speaking to to Christians here, to believers. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil that we have done in this earthly body. Now, just a word about that, the word judged. Sometimes in our culture, when we hear judged, it's a real negative thing. Um, but it isn't necessarily. It means more of an evaluation, an assessment where God takes an assessment because he says we'll receive whatever we do for the good or the evil. So if we've given our lives to Jesus, we've given our hearts to him, we're trying to follow him to the best of our ability, we've repented of known sin, um, we're going to receive a reward when we're judged, okay? <laughs> okay. And then in, in, in 1 Corinthians 3, it says, every man's work will be tried to see what sort it is, wood, hay, or straw, and it will be burned up, and he will suffer loss, or gold, silver, and precious gems, and he will receive a reward. So in the end, our work will be evaluated to see what sort it is. So let, let's make sure we're, <laughs> we're loving and serving Jesus. 
that we have given our lives as a, as a sacrifice to serve him and to love him, and we're going to receive a reward. Okay, point here, not disembodied spirits floating around singing worship songs to God, but heavenly bodies. Now, we'll be worshiping our great God for sure, but we're not going to be sitting up there forever just singing worship songs. There's a, there's a place this is going. Now, certainly, Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we die, we go somewhere. Um, remember, Moses and Elijah came back and talked to Jesus. So they came from somewhere. Okay? I'm just saying that's not the end of the story. Um, We'll be worshiping God for sure, but, but how do we worship God in this body? Certainly, we worshiped him this morning in, in the singing praises to him, but aren't we doing it with our life now, how we live, how we interact with other people, how we work, how we steward or manage what God has given us? Isn't that the way we worship God in our bodies now? I'm suggesting we may carry on worshiping God that way. (laughs) And the book of Philippians says, He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like unto his own. So you remember what kind of body Jesus had after he resurrected? Walked, Walked through walls. (laughs) Uh, the disciples were meeting in a room. Jesus just shows up. Uh, He ate with them on the beach. They they touched his hands and his side. Um, So I don't know what kind of glorious bodies we're going to have, but we're going to have bodies like unto his own. So that is a great hope. Now, I don't have time to read all of 1 Corinthians 15, but that's one of my favorite verses that talk, or chapters. The whole chapter is about what kind of resurrected body we're going to have, that the, the mortal is going to put on immortality, that the natural is going to put on the spiritual, you know. So read 1 Corinthians 15. Then Romans 8 says, For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. Uh, One version says we were saved in this hope of a resurrected body that we're going to to live forever. And believe me, this is not a fable. This whole story is not a fairy tale. This is more real than anything else you can imagine. It is for real. So where's this whole thing headed with resurrected bodies and Jesus, it says, returning with ten thousands of his saints? Well, the Apostle John had some visions concerning the end of the age and the age to come in the last book of the Bible, in the book of Revelation. And so I'm going to read some scriptures out of Revelations 20, 21, and 22, the last three 
chapters of the Bible. And this is the revelation that John had where Jesus and the angel showed him what things were to come. Now, and a lot of it was about battles and had to do with uh, things that Jewish symbolism would understand. <clears throat> but I, I'm just going to read the parts about what he saw concerning this new earth. Okay? Uh, Revelation 20, starting in verse 1. This is, this is good news. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand, and he seized the dragon, that old serpent who is the devil, Satan, and bound him with chains for a thousand years. And the angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut up and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. And verse 11, And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it, and the earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And the sea gave up the dead, and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. So <clears throat> just stop here for a second. Don't ever get the idea, I, I got saved, Jesus forgave me, and now it really doesn't matter how I live because I'm going to heaven when I die. And don't ever say stuff like that. Uh, it does matter how you live. <clears throat> Jesus didn't just come to save you from the penalty of our sins. He came to save us from our sins. <clears throat> he wants us to be conformed to the image of his son. So this whole period of time now, we're in character development. <clears throat> God is wanting to make us like himself, make us like his own. So it does matter. He doesn't see you through rose-colored glasses uh, okay, yeah, let's see, okay, the sea gave up the dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and grave were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death, and anyone whose name was not recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Revelations 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. Good news. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. Yes, Lord. 
And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. Hallelujah. Living with God forever. On the earth, whatever that new earth is, whether it's this earth that becomes changed, or whether it's a completely new earth, God comes down out of heaven to live with us forever. Jesus said to pray when you pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The earth he has given to man. <clears throat> then the angel showed me a river with the water of life clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. So again, we have a river. On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month, and the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. So we've got a river, we've got the tree of life. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. And they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads, and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or the sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign with him forever. Look, verse 12. Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, Blessed are those who wash their robes. Now that's allegorical. Washing their robes in the blood of Jesus. That's what it means. Washing, their, washing themselves with, with the blood of Jesus. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. All right. So compare what God started and where it ends up. God living with his people, the river, the water of life, the tree of life, reigning with Jesus, tending to, stewarding the new earth. What God started in the beginning, he's going to finish. The Garden of Eden and the new heavens and the new earth are bookends with God's redemptive plan being everything in between. Bookends. The Garden of Eden, New Heaven and the New Earth, and God's plan to bring his people back to himself. He's not going to fail at this. It's, it's going to come about as he, as he planned. So, for application, <clears throat> my wife does a lot of... Uh, inductive Bible study, and uh, application is like 
the last part of it. You've got to apply what you hear to your life. Jesus said, uh, well, he gave that story about the wise man built his house on the rock, the foolish man built his house on the sand, and the only difference between the two of them, they both heard the word of God. The wise man did what it said, and the foolish man just heard but didn't do. So let's not be hearers of the word but, but doers. So for application, Second Peter 3, verse 9 the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. That's important for us to realize. Um, I am not a Calvinist in this respect. I think God wants to save whosoever will. Yeah. Whoever would come to him, he wants them saved. Okay. Um, okay, but the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with the terrible noise. The very elements themselves will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire. The elements will welt away in flames, but we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth that he has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. Amen for that. And so, dear friends, while we are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort. That means put some effort into it. Make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.